Welcome to Board Game Top Tens, episode 913, for Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. This is the BGG Top Ten Edition, a quarterly look at the top-ranked games on Board Game Geek. This data is as of January 1st, and this marks the 17th year that I have covered the top ten games on Board Game Geek. Of course, none of those original ten are still around. They have all since departed. And typically what I've done is gone back and looked at year-over-year performance at the first of the year, in addition to the usual quarter-over-quarter performance of each episode. And so I will do that to some extent as we go through the list today. I'll also point out that uh, there's not really any positional movement in the top ten. Spoiler alert. However, there is quite a bit of movement in the ratings, as we have really the, the chart is broken up into three distinct zones of uh, groupings of games that are close together in rating. And in each one, there is a game that is climbing or a game that is falling. And so we'll analyze as we go through uh, what we can expect to see in the near term future assuming current trends hold. So let's enter our first zone, which is the games at positions 8, 9, and 10, starting with number 10. Repeating there for the third quarter in a row, Star Wars Rebellion by Corey Kaneska, published by Fantasy Flight Games, with a rating of 8.170. That's actually a gain of one point for the quarter. And Rebellion continues to, I've talked about this before, it continues to be this game that has just got a really consistent rating. Uh, its entire run in the top 10 has roughly been between a rating of 8 point, let's say 155 and maybe 175, somewhere in that little 20 point range. It just kind of, sometimes it picks up, sometimes it falls back. Uh, over the last couple of years, it's been a generally upward trend, at two points gained this year, five points lost the year before, but nine points gained the year before that. You see what I mean. The closest competitor to Rebellion is, well, actually the game ahead of it, but game coming from behind at number 11 is Spirit Island. And two quarters back, the gap from Rebellion to Spirit Island was 17 points. Last quarter, it expanded to 19, and this quarter, it expands slightly again to 20. Number nine for the third quarter in a row, War of the Ring, the second edition, by Roberto Di Meglio, Marco Maggi, and Francesco Nepatello, published by Ares Games with a rating of 8.180, 10 more than Rebellion, and that's a gain of two points. 20 points for the year, after a 25-point gain the year before, and 36 the year before that. In fact, that two-point gain for War of the Ring may be the smallest gain it's ever had in a quarter. I say it may be because while it is the smallest gain it's had in the nine quarters here that it's been in the top ten, it's only been around the top ten for a couple of years. The game was released in 20. 12, maybe 2011, 
it's been around for a long time and it has just climbed extremely slowly. So I haven't been looking at its quarter to quarter rating during the time it was ranked in the teens, but probably during all that time, as it was continuing to add, it had better than two points. Even still, uh, it expands its gap from to rebellion. It was four points, two quarters back. Last time opened up to nine and now opens up one more to 10 points. So I would say that even though it's a smaller gain than usual, uh, it's continuing to gain. Rebellion sometimes loses. I think War of the Ring has definitely put Rebellion in its rearview mirror. At number eight for the second quarter, Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion by Isaac Childress, published by Cephalofair Games, with a rating of 8.186. Six more than War of the Ring, 16 more than Rebellion, but that's a decline of 11 points for Jaws of the Lion. That's the largest decline within the top 10. And for the year, it has lost 51 points. It's the seventh consecutive decline that Jaws of the Lion has seen, during which it has lost 84 total points from its peak rating. That's an average of losing 12 points per quarter, and indeed it lost 11 this quarter. So, how does it compare to the games immediately following behind it? Well, its gap to War of the Ring has gone over the last three quarters from 32 to 19 to 6. So, with the 13-point swing we've seen this time, the average drop of 12, I really think it's a no-brainer that by the next quarter, by April 1st, we will see that War of the Ring has passed Jaws of the Lion. Well, what about Rebellion? Over the last two quarters, the gap there has gone from 36 to 28 to 16. And the, the swing this time has been 12. So I think next time Rebellion is close, and then the time after that, Jaws of the Lion falls past Rebellion also. And then it's probably only a quarter or two more after that before Spirit Island also catches it and it makes it makes its exit from the top 10. But for right now, number eight. So there's our first zone of three games at eight, nine, and 10. They're separated by 16 points. There's a gap of 27 points up to the next zone, another set of three games at positions five, six, and seven. Repeating at number seven, in just its third quarter on the list, Dune Imperium by Paul Denon, published by Direwolf, with a rating of 8.213. That's a gain of 11 points, tied for the largest gain within the top 10 this time around, but it's slowing down. So an 11-point gain this quarter but it was 22 last quarter, 33 before that. At that rate, you'd expect it to be zero next time. I don't think that's going to happen, but it was two-thirds of the rate and then half the rate. It could be down to six or eight, maybe next quarter. It is slowing down. And we see that 
so that's going to reflect its performance and make it a little bit harder to judge uh, how it's gaining on the games ahead of it. Just to briefly look at the gap, gap to Jaws of the Lion behind it, going uh, for the last four quarters, its gap was 70 points behind, then 27 points behind, then last time edging ahead by three, and now well ahead, 27 points ahead. So definitely completely past that first zone. Repeating at number six for the fifth consecutive quarter, Terraforming Mars by Jacob Frixelius, published by Stronghold Games, with a rating of 8.221. Eight more than Dune Imperium, and a decline of five points, the eleventh consecutive decline Terraforming Mars has seen, during which it has lost 66 points total. So that's your average of six points per quarter, and in fact, Last year, it lost 27 points over the last year. The year before, 26. So the gap to Dune is just 8. It's dropped from 54 to 26 to 8. Now, I thought last time that at the rate Dune was going, it would very likely catch terraforming Mars this time around. As we see, it hasn't quite managed to do it. But with a 16-point swing this time, Terraforming Mars would be expected to lose about six. The gap is only eight. I think Dune will gain more than two. So I think it's a slam dunk for Dune to move up to number six next time. Repeating at number five for the fifth consecutive quarter, Twilight Imperium, the fourth edition, by Christian T. Peterson, Corey Kaneska, and Dane Beltrami, published by Fantasy Flight Games, with a rating of 8.241. That's 20 more than terraforming Mars, 28 more than Dune. It is a decline of one point, the fifth decline that Twilight Imperium has seen over the last eight quarters. Sometimes it doesn't lose, sometimes it gains a bit. That's a total of 21 points that Twilight Imperium has lost, really just an average of two and a half points per quarter. And in fact, over the last year, it's lost 10. And the year before, it was 11. The gap to Dune started at 64, two quarters back, was cut by a third to go to 42 last quarter, and has been cut only by a third again to drop down to 28. So, since they are 28 points apart, and the delta between their gain and loss was 12 this time. Uh, it could be well, well toward the end of the year. It could be looking at October 1st before we see Dune actually crossing that gap. Now, that assumes that Dune can continue to gain at the current rate and that it doesn't gain faster, of course, which I wouldn't expect. So Twilight Imperium seems safe in the number five spot for probably most of this year. So that was our second zone. And again, between the games from 8 to 10, there's a gap in rating of only 16 points. The gap is only uh, 28 between 5 and 7. But the gap from 5 to 4 is 83 points, which is larger than the gap we saw from 5 to 10 
and where the gap is only 71. So, the top four comprise our third zone of activity. Starting here at number four, the game that has been longest in position of any game in the top ten currently, six quarters, at number four, it's only been here for seven quarters, Arc Nova by Matthias Vigge, published by Capstone Games, with a rating of 8.324. And that is a gain of 11 points, just like Dune Imperium had. It's tied for the most point gain uh, this quarter. Now, what's interesting about Arc Nova is last quarter the gain was only 10, and the quarter before it was 7, and the quarter before that it was 16. So, after it looked like it was slowing down, it kind of picked up the pace a little bit. It's been much more consistent over the last nine months. That bows well for its gains on as it approaches the top three games on the list. Let's take each one of them in turn. First, at number three, there for the fourth quarter, Gloomhaven by Isaac Childress, published by Cephalofair Games, with a rating of 8.3. 7-1, 47 more than Arc Nova, but a decline of 8, its 20th consecutive decline during which it has lost 252 points. It's lost 75 of those over the year, the last this past year, 65 the year before, 47 the year before that. Now you may remember when the shuffling happened here in the top three, and landed them in their current positions, there was a hefty ratings bashing, especially of Gloomhaven, also of Pandemic Legacy, and even Terraforming Mars and Twilight Imperium to some extent. Gloomhaven took the worst of it. It lost 51 points in one quarter, and yet, uh, because its declines have been a little less, the average has kind of held in place. Right? So, uh, that's why it's, even though it lost 51 points, only 75 for the entire year. And that's not that much worse than the year before, although it is tending to accelerate its decline. So the gap to Arc Nova from Gloomhaven, two quarters back was 83 points. Last time shrunk to 66, this time down to 47. At that pace, it was a 17-point delta last time. 19 this time. If you figure around that amount, you would expect in three quarters that Arc Nova would be able to bridge the gap to Gloomhaven. At number two for the fourth quarter in a row, our longest running game in the top 10, making its 33rd appearance, Pandemic Legacy Season 1 by Rob Davio and Matt Leacock, published by Z-Man Games with a rating of 8.385, just 14 more than Gloomhaven, and a decline of 3 points for the quarter, its 22nd decline over the last 23 quarters, during which it has lost 116. So, while Gloomhaven is averaging a decline of about 12 or 13 points every quarter, Pandemic Legacy is averaging decline of really just about half that, only five or six. Over the last year, it's lost 29. The year before that, it was 29. The year before that, it was 23. So much more consistent 
and smaller losses than Gloomhaven is seeing. And that's why its gap has gone from one point when they uh, swapped positions to four to nine last quarter, now to 14. So it's a five-point gap every time. And there's no reason to think that will change because that's kind of been what it has been for a lot of the last few years. Once Gloomhaven reached its peak and started its decline, Pandemic Legacy was making up you know, four or five or six points most quarters. So the, the Gloomhaven's not coming back, is my point. But what about the gap to Arc Nova? Well, there, from Pandemic Legacy at two to Arc Nova at four, it was an 87-point gap two quarters back, 75 last time, 61 this time. At that pace, this time it was a 14-point delta, well, that tells you that in five quarters, Pandemic Legacy would be passed by Arc Nova. But once we're looking at that long, we're really just giving a very broad estimate because a lot can happen in a year. Uh, Arc Nova is quite likely to slow down. And so that rate of closing the gap is quite likely to slow also. So that's pretty speculative, five quarters. I'm not actually making a prediction there. I'm just saying at this current rate. I think what's very, very possible is Arc Nova does get past Gloomhaven and then just stalls. But again, you never know. It may continue to add to its rating consistently, just like, well, just like uh, War of the Ring has done, or just like our number one game has been doing for many years. Repeating at number one for the fourth time, Brass, Birmingham, by Matt Tolman, Martin Wallace, and Gavin Brown, published by Roxley Games, with a rating of 8.4. 35 more than Pandemic Legacy, and that's a decline of four. It's third decline in the last four quarters, during which it has lost a total of just 13 points. The gap to Pandemic Legacy is pretty consistent over the last three quarters. It was 33, 36, 35. It's not changing very much. So these two games are not about to swap position. Now back to Arc Nova. Two times back it was 120, then 111, now 96. Even at this pace of closing, 15-point delta this time, you're still looking at seven quarters. That's nearly two years before Arc Nova would cross the gap all the way to brass. And as unlikely as it is to, to perform like, it, like I mentioned, to get it to Pandemic Legacy, it is even more unlikely for that to happen with Brass. Then again, Brass is a much newer phenomenon. Uh, it has only started to lose its rating. But we don't know whether that's going to be a slow decline, like Pandemic Legacy, or a faster decline, like Gloomhaven. Because of the nature of the game it is, being a Euro-type game rather than a thematic game, I think it's more likely that Brass holds its rating better than Gloomhaven has been, more like Terraforming Mars has been, and more like Pandemic Legacy has been. 
So definitely not predicting any Ark Nova capturing the number one spot, but just to give you an idea of how long it could take at that rate. And there's nothing else on the horizon currently hovering around in the 11 to 20 or 21 to 30 range that might challenge any of these games here. But of course, you never know. Pandemic Legacy landed like a out of nowhere at number one. It was released, and then three months later, it was number one. Uh, whereas Gloomhaven uh, did it in a couple of steps. Brass took a long time to make that climb. But I would say that Brass is pretty confident and firm in its number one position for some time to come. For Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024.